Panago Pizza presents S D P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Well, uh, here we are in podcast number two in remote settings. And you know what? It's going to get a, a little better every single time. Um, but uh, thank you to everybody that listened. I guess it, it came out a little bit quiet last episode. But, um, you know, yeah, on, a, on a, show that's, a show that's <laughs> this loud, um, I guess that would be surprising for people. Right? Yeah. It's a it, loud show. Well, it's I'm I'm new to the world of microphones, folks. I I had this camera pointing away from my face i had it completely wrong the the whole show sounded like this last time because i'm a friggin idiot and then uh if you watch the sportsnet nhl tree uh stream last night um you didn't hear anything okay <laughs> well what happened okay, well because listen everyone is freaking out this microphone sucks and i'm like dude this was the only microphone i could get to show up to my house in time for the stream like, it's bad enough. I don't want people dropping things off. Couriers are overworked as it is. Uh, but it was the best I can do. It wasn't very good. But the stream went well otherwise. Um, I, I was a champion. I was a ones eliminator champion, everybody. Nice. Um, so we'll hopefully have a better headset for next time. There you go. All hey, right. um, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to bring back who wore the crown. Are we really? Because our friends, hey. yeah, absolutely. Listen, our friends at Crown Royal have not given up on us, and we are not giving up on them. And we, I believe that we still have many people who could get the crown. Um, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to I'm going to read our thing off the top, and then I'm going to change the rules a little bit. Are you guys ready to go? Okay. Yeah. All right. So it is time yeah, yeah. for who wore the crown. If you live generously, life will treat you royally. And why not pour yourself? What? And a friend, a crown royal, because, hey, we're going to talk about who wore the crown, where we, with the help of you, recognize one person, not a leaf, just a person, each show, oh. who gives it their all for our, it doesn't have to be city, it can be city, country, world. We are in unprecedented times. We are in unpredictable times. So it goes beyond our town and our crown. The world is our town right now. And I think we all have to present a crown each show to somebody uh, or a group of people who we think have really made a difference because there are a lot of people out there doing a lot of amazing things. They deserve whatever tiny recognition recognition we can give them. So let's crown them because they're living generously and life should treat them royally. Brought to you by our friends at Crown Royal. Let's get into it. Steve Dangle, who would you give your crown to? Oh my goodness. Yeah, you really put me on the spot there because I was like, Okay, which Leafs social medias has I, have I seen? It's basically <laughs> Al Dubas and Morgan Riley. Like, well, I can do. You can give it to a Leaf. Like, there's nothing. They've been doing some amazing stuff. Yeah, but you know what? God bless the Leafs and everything. Uh, and you know they are doing good things. And I know for a fact there are some things in the works uh, that aren't quite out there yet. Oh, um, insider Steve. Insider. Oh. Yeah. Man, what's it like to be such a cool insider, Steve? I cool. wish I knew. <laughs> the best the best part is probably being better than everyone. Wow. Um, yeah. It must be cool. Must be yeah. cool. It is. It is. It's not as I don't know. Reality is often disappointing. Um <laughs> I but I feel like this this belongs to um like can I give it to a group of people? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Can I give it to every nurse and doctor in the world? 
I mean, uh, listen, Jesse and I still have crowns to give out. So yeah, I mean, you can, but like okay. sort of a dick. Uh, my crown was going, going to go to every human ever. So wow. wow. Yeah, no. Whoa. Damn. Um, man, it, I mean, you can do that. And we're just giving you a hard time. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just put me on the spot. I'll say, uh, all the nurses, um, just, uh, the backbone of our society right now. Uh, this is why you pay them well. And mm-hmm. this is why you shut up about it and don't complain because right. uh, when the world ends, uh, they're there to make sure it doesn't. Right. Have you seen all the tweets from people going, geez, we need to pay teachers more <laughs> who have to be uh, at home with their own kids. <laughs> mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, it is. Uh, it is not going on, uh, gone unnoticed by certain members of the Glenn family. Mm. Surprising. Iggy sees your tweets. Charlie sees your tweets. Some others. Um, but I, I will say nurses right now because uh, they're always saving lives, but they're saving uh, even more than usual. So got to give it to the nurses. I, uh, I'm going to go with Jesse. Jesse, you go ahead, buddy. Oh, I'm going next. Ooh, yeah, he just loves the next. hot potato. Change, change your pace here. Yeah, listen, All right. Listen, let's get crazy. <laughs> and I'm leaving my- only because I'm trying to get something for my keyboard and, and I'm not, not paying attention to you. Okay, I'm still no hearing worries. you. No Good job. So my crown has to go to Cardi B. <laughs> Cardi B is doing a service to society from her platform. Yeah. Right now, Cardi B is just hopping on Twitter hopping on IG Live. She's calling out the president for not reacting. She's calling out the entire government. She's telling people to be concerned about Corona. And I feel like she's doing such a a service and more celebrities in her position should be stepping up. So I got to shout out Cardi B for doing the best that she can with the skills that she has and the platform that she has has gained over these years and Mm -hmm. for doing the right thing in these trying times. And she's Cardi doing more than a lot of people. She's able to do it with a sense of humor too, which right? is so nice. Because she, she doesn't take herself seriously at all. She knows who she is. She knows where she came from. And she's still using what she has to get the word out there. So exactly. shout out Cardi B. You get my crown for this week. Thank you, Cardi B. For that. That's wow. a good one, Jesse. Wow. That is the first time Jesse's gone non-Nylander. But, you know, there's no I, hockey. I don't have a choice right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but that's Nylander's favorite artist. <laughs> I hope so. Oh yeah. I hope Neilander Bodak Yellow before every game. Can you imagine Neilander on a track with Cardi B called Prosciutto? Oh, <laughs> I, I can't imagine Neilander saying much, but yo, and no, the, he could be like he could be like The Rock with Wyclef John and just be. It doesn't matter, and that's that's all he's got to say. <laughs> the chorus has got to be, "What is you doing, baby?" <laughs> <laughs> Will is you do we'll work on it. We'll work on yeah. it. Listen, shut up. I'm that's what Matthew high, said anyway. Stress. So listen, we don't have to write the track right now. No, we don't. We're just <laughs> listen, we're spitballing. They're welcome to take it from here. Um, you know, I, I think I'm gonna give my crown to to people that I think uh that are not getting enough love right now. And and you know what? Uh nobody but the doctors and nurses truly, you know, can they, they deserve every crown that you can possibly give them. But I'm gonna say anybody that's in waste management. Because, and I know that seems like a weird pick, but you think about the fact that there are no days off for that. You think about all the things that people are discarding and, you know, it comes like everything from, you know, you talk about your, your household green bin, blue bin, garbage bin, 
to hospitals that have to get rid of stuff that's, you know, that biomaterial, whatever you want to call it. Um, those people, the people that work those jobs do not get to say no and are exposed to all types of things. You know, put COVID aside for a second. They're exposed to that, to, to just terrible stuff every day. And so um, I want to shout those guys out who never get a shout out ever for anything. And I think that anybody working in that industry is having probably a much tougher time now because you have to pick up everybody's garbage cans and you have to touch things and you have to do a bunch of things like that. You just, it's an unpleasant, it's a tough business as it is. Uh, so thank you to you. If that's what you do, um, my crown goes to you. Thank you for keeping our cities running, frankly. Um, because what? honestly, without you, uh, not looking so hot. Well, and I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but I believe they lifted the limit on the, uh, you know, it's usually what, what is it? Two or three bags of garbage, but they lifted the limit because they know everyone's generating more garbage because everyone's at home. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, So that means they're, and they're, and they're lifting that physically in a lot of cases themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, shout out to, shout out to you guys. And you know what, that's who wore the crown for this week. And we, we really like, if you can, um, I'm going to try to take, I, I want us to, to take advantage of our comment sections. Um, because we have such a passionate and we're so lucky for this, uh, it's just such a passionate and amazing, um, comment section, people that listen to this show all the time. So if you tweet us, if you comment on our YouTube or whatever, if you wouldn't mind, uh, each episode, cause we're going to be doing the crown for, you know, keep you doing the crown. Um, shout out somebody in your life that has blown you away. You know, anytime there's a situation like this, when we're under tremendous amounts of stress as a society, there are amazing human things that happen. And I think it would be really nice to turn a comment section into a place that people really want to read. And into a really nice place? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and so yeah. I, I, I just hope that um, if you can, shout out anybody in your life that's really made a difference. And uh, we would love to read them. I'm excited to read the comment section and, and see something like that. That's what who wore the crown for this week. Brought to you as always by Crown Royal. Next time the puck drops, we don't know when that'll be. But next time the show happens, why not live dan- generously? Why not? Why not live generously and treat your crew, your isolationist crew, well, not isolationist, just isolated crew, to a Crown Royal old-fashioned. Thank you so much for listening to that. Now, I want to start Man. the show on a positive note. That was very positive. Well, it was a positive another note. positive note. Another positive note. Now, here's the positive note, Jesse. I'm yeah. excluding Steve from this conversation because this involves you and me. All a right. positive for you and I often comes at the expense of our friend Steve. Am I right? Oh, that's the only thing, only pleasure I get in my life is making Steve upset. So how about we make Steve, to start the show, tell us why he almost lost his mind at the dog park, a place of happiness and joy yesterday. Mm-hmm. Steven? Yeah. So listen, we're all trying to do the social distancing thing, right? Mm-hmm. I encourage everyone to be responsible about that. And that's what I was trying to do. And I went to the, the dog park, which I've got to whisper that in this house because my dogs speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, legit respond to park. Oh, I I wouldn't be surprised to hear clawing at the door any second. Really? Like, yeah. oh yeah, they're nuts. And I can't no, say walk around Waffles. Really? Yeah, that's she another loses one. it. She can't hear walk. Else, it's we got to take her outside. No Even the word go, because <laughs> they've started to realize that go always precipitates uh, good things. Wow. Wide, walk, park. Damn. Bed. They like bed. Um, <laughs> mine's just putting on my jacket. 
if I put on my jacket or if I put on a sweater, they're like, oh, what's he doing? Is he putting Charlie, Charlie just lies there like a sphinx, but (laughs) Iggy's like, what you putting on your jacket for? (laughs) (laughs) The one, the, the, the jacket is, is like staring at you and just like, whack, whack, like a little bit. You put on your snow pants in the winter because there's only two times to put on snow pants. It's to shovel the driveway in a big snowstorm. And when we're going to the DP, like you, you and he just starts pants? wagging his. Sorry, what? Do you put on snow pants to shovel the driveway? When it's deep enough. <laughs> it must be pretty deep, man. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. They're warm. They're warm. Okay. Oh, Toronto. Uh, see, Adam. I have Adam has thing. to shovel. Adam, do you shovel your gravel? I have to shovel gravel, man. Yeah, it you sucks. shovel gravel. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know where you can move. (laughs) I know where you can move. Sell your place and get four out here. I don't know if that would be the case. Certainly not now. Why? (laughs) But well, there's might be. I don't know if you heard. There's an economic crash uh, crash among us. Um, I haven't heard. Yeah. What happened at the dog park? Yeah. Tell us. So I went. (laughs) All right. I'm trying to take social distancing seriously, but I'm trying to keep life normal. The dogs are, everyone's dogs are thrown off. They're like, why are human home all the time? And so I went. Sort of forgetting that it was Saturday. And like all the days are blending together. I had to be reminded it was Sunday today. I legitimately thought it was Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody, Oshawa was there. Oshawa was at the the dog park yesterday well everything else is closed mm-hmm. yes and i uh, uh if i had known what it was going to look like inside i would have looked at the amount of cars in the parking lot and turned around and gone home but it was packed and me i you should have seen <clears throat> i'm like playing oh boy that was just here wait i just need water it's not a real cough it's not a real cough i swear so you <laughs> You should have seen me going through the forest and the, and there's and there's families of people and all their dogs and they're all coming up to me and I'm like get away and and I'm going I'm going like like through the forest tree to tree trying to not come within six feet of anybody like Call of Duty just trying to get around Try to be everybody <laughs> and 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 charlie will not listen to me and will not come and i go charlie and what i didn't realize we didn't name him charlie that was his adopted name and it would have been a dick move to change it because he's seven years old so i go charlie and then half the dog park comes because almost every dog <laughs> is named charlie <laughs> and so i got all these dogs that are coming my my germophobia is <laughs> And, and I turn into Howie Mandel, and I'm in crisis mode. And I am way too deep in the forest. It is too late to turn back. I might as well just see this through. And by the time I got home, guys, I'm not kidding. I almost had a nervous breakdown. Like, just in the house. Because I'm just, there's so many people? Yes. Yes. It was packed. And I'm just watching. I'm going in the uh, introvert part of the park the ignore people part of the park, which is the forest. Yeah. Right. The, the big play field is packed and all these people just morning neighbor morning. And they're just <laughs> hanging out with each other. 
just I feel them breathing on each other from a distance, and then I'm picturing it getting on their dog, and then I'm picturing that dog coming yeah, up on me. That's not right. No, and if I'm we're supposed to be out. practicing social distancing. You getting that close, even at the dog park, that's not right. I was freaking out, freaking out, and it was not good. It was not a good. There was a tweet that is oh, a little over a week old, and it has aged amazingly. Not the best week for people with anxiety. No, no, nope. <laughs> no, nope. certainly was, I was not. Losing my mind, and I was like, I don't think I've ever been on the verge of a nervous breakdown because of the dog park before, and here I am. But I ended up, I, I don't know, I'm dodging, dodging around people, and like. People are looking at me like I'm a weirdo, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Next time, I'm gonna bring like, like, a, what, what, what's that gun that Batman has? And I'm gonna go, Poof, and I'm gonna climb a tree just to get away from people. Just, to, I, 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 I told Mrs. Dangle, I'm like, we, we can't go anymore, or we definitely can't go on Saturdays. We well, gotta go. Have you considered going at midnight? Yeah, I, yo, it would be scary. It would be Is pretty it, scary. The Oshawa yeah. dog park's pretty clever. No, but you know what? I would also, say? it's where all the local teenagers go to do drugs. Whoa. Yes, I'm good thing I've never been one of those. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I remember the first time I went there, I'm like, this would be a great place to underage drink. But, you know, too <laughs> well, late. I, too so, late. So what I, I have to say about that whole story is, is Jesse's reaction to it. If Jesse has to scold you and say, no, that's not right, then you know you fucked up. Right, like, like Jesse. Yeah. Jesse rarely tells people what to do. I think I can count <laughs> on one hand in my life the time, the amount of times I've disappointed him, and it's probably once, maybe <laughs> twice. Uh, may, maybe maybe sure. oh, there's like a million times that he just hasn't told me. Uh, where he was like visibly frustrated with me, and it broke my heart. So if you have to, if 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 Jesse's telling you no, that's not right. You stepped out of line, man. You're like it's done. I and I, the, I find it. Sorry. I, I went to the dog park too uh, yesterday and today. So yesterday it was like doggy Woodstock. Today nobody was there. I don't know what it was about downtown today, but nobody was there. And I should and, say for everyone losing their minds right now, supposedly it doesn't stick to dogs, right? It doesn't. It doesn't. That's okay. that's you know I was watching. I've watched like four of those CNN town halls with uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and they had the the guy from the presidential task force. I forget his name, but he's the guy that's at all the press conferences. And people are asking about that. Like, does it with the Italian buy- name, right? Yes, uh, I forget what his name is. Anyway, he's he. That was uh, actually his name. <laughs> his name was exclaimed loudly uh, he uh he was brilliant like really really well like great con- concise answers um you could tell he's you know been a doctor for a long long time and very smart man but one of the things that you know people ask is is you know is it you know can my dog pass it long or whatever and they can't um but i was interesting i was interested at the dog park to see how people would react yesterday because you have to take your dogs out, but you don't have to touch anything and you don't need to speak to anyone. So I was like off in the, you know, the side of the park with, with Everly and, and the two dogs. And I was just hanging out by myself. I was listening to a, um, believe it or not, you guys will be shocked by this, a podcast on Napoleon. And I was, <laughs> of course, I was enjoying the hell out of it. It was Obviously. so good. It's so good. I bet. And, and, uh, and I'm watching all these people and I think, I must have looked like a big creeper, but I was sort of looking at like how people were reacting and it's a big park and it's wide open and there's not a lot of forested areas and people were definitely getting within that three foot zone. And oh, yeah. I, I just thought like, come on, like you're already, 
you're already here. What's it take to take like one step back? Just one step wow. and then you're within the zone, right? You can still hear each other. It's not like you have to yell across the park. You know, it's And the things people talk about at the dog park are, ah, oh, mine How is old really, yours? really active, <laughs> two years old. Like it's not important stuff. We don't have to be like right up to each other talking about, ah, oh, she's three. <laughs> what kind's this? What's what's the mix? Is yours adopted? Ours is from Mexico. Ours is from Cuba. That's amazing. They look the same. They do look the shut up. Yo, I was gonna say that. It's the exact same. It's the same it's conversation the same. with everyone all the time. And it's not important. You know what's important? Social distancing and yeah. cutting the curve right yes. now. Come on. Well, let me throw this at you. I have been socially distancing at dog park for two years now <laughs> I, don't I, want want to talk. I don't like talking to dog people i really don't because it's that small chit chat stuff and you i don't mrs. know if you guys this, get along. oh we yeah. oh we get along we text every day mrs dangle oh. and i oh i know <laughs> uh, but, you guys but, text more but, often than we do we do although we've we been do. spending a lot um, of time together <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh no it, it's puzzle. funny uh, oh, I saw that. It sounded. It seemed really cool, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the no, no. The thing is, is that like I don't want to have the conversation specifically. And this is this is going to sound terrible, but I don't really care. This is how I feel. I've I've adopted two dogs that were already adults, right? And you guys know them, and they're great, and whatever. They come with. Yep. You know, Benny's Benny's got like the personality of a cactus, but in, when she warms up to you, she's cool. And Bindi and Charlie got in a fight once. <laughs> yeah, because Bindi's just very reactive. And, you know, yeah. she, had, she, she saw some shit. I don't know. Uh, but she's a great dog and happy. And Cedric's full of personality and it's awesome, whatever. My thing is, there is a, uh, a bit of a snootiness about the rescue thing. Like, oh, we rescued. So did we. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like, listen, it's awesome if you rescue. I've rescued twice. Yes. It's amazing. My yes. first dog when I was growing up at home, we got him from the Toronto Pound. But if you didn't rescue, so what? Did you give that? Are you giving the dog a nice home? That's all I care about. Give the dog a nice home. Let's not be snooty about that. And I've seen people like physically turn. And that might just be my neighborhood. Like, I don't know if that's the case everywhere. But in my neighborhood with a bunch of people, there are def- there's definitely something like that going on. And I, I cannot stand that. I don't want to be a part of it. Because I feel like as the guy that's rescued a couple of them, that they think that I'm in their crew, which I am very not. I want to be, I you want all dogs. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I hate this. I hate this. I want all dogs to have a happy life. If you rescue, that's awesome. If you haven't rescued, maybe consider it in the future. But I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to live your life. All I'm going to say is be good to that pup. That's it. And, and that's the, I, want, I, like, I don't want to get into that, you know? There's the adopt, don't shop thing, which, mm-hmm. which I get. But like. Yeah, I get it too. It makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've told the story before. Like, I grew up afraid of dogs. I, I like, and it was a subconscious thing. I got bit when I was two. I don't remember that. Uh, Italian mum, you know, like <laughs> they don't. My Nona did not like dogs. She no. was afraid of dogs. Like, she grew up on a she grew up on a on a farm with a grade three education. Didn't know how to swim. Didn't like dogs. Like she, the only animals you interact with are the ones you get like eggs and meat from. Right. Right. Milk from. Probably send uh, her out to the yard to, to take the chicken out, you know? Yeah, maybe. Which uh, my, my, my grandfather had to do. Like he my had, mom, he's not Italian, but he had to do that. My mom always tells this horrifying story. My no, no, who I never got to meet. 
um, he would, br- he would go to the market and he would bring home live rabbits. And my mom as a little girl would be like playing with them. And that's dinner. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And not only that, you're preparing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild. So anyway, anyway, you're afraid of dogs. Afraid of dogs. Uh, grew up not liking animals. Ironically, ended up working at the zoo. Um, and, uh, you know, that obviously softened it. But um, had we not got Iggy, a dog that we could mold from scratch, and this is just my opinion. I know it's going to bend a lot of people out of shape, whatever. We molded this puppy from scratch, right? Mm-hmm. From a reputable breeder, you know, wasn't wasn't some horrible place. Uh, our friend yeah, you can get owns, from like a local pet store or something. Yeah, or like a puppy yeah. mill. Like our friend owns Iggy's brother. Like that's how. Like same mom, same dad. We know. We got this puppy that we could mold from scratch, and it turned us into responsible dog owners. And now we have Charlie. I can confidently say, if Charlie was our first dog, we would have screwed it up. Yeah. Well, we Charlie's got a complete, lot more challenges. Mm-hmm. He's, he does have a lot more challenges. He's a seven-year-old dog. That whole can't teach a dog new tricks is extraordinarily true. And I can tell <laughs> that Charlie's previous owner never walked him with a harness. And so it's like ugh, it's like dragging an NFL player around the neighborhood every <laughs> he's time. He's not a small and, dog. <laughs> no, he's not. And he's strong as shit. And he digs in. I watch. There are times where... And I don't, I don't yank on this dog. This guy, I'll turn around. I am, like I said, I'm like between 220, 230 pounds. I will turn around. This dog, 10-year-old dog, feet are diagonal, dug in. I've watched the ground break under his claws. He's so strong. And then the other dog is Iggy, and he, he's 80 pounds too. Right. When they both want to go to the same dog. I got a brace like I'm doing a deadlift. <laughs> Which is awesome for a guy with a bad back. <laughs> Which is awesome for a guy with a bad back, but it's okay. My five foot nothing wife is a big help. Like, they weigh as much as she does. Like, yeah, like oh, yeah. I, I gotta I gotta do I so I walk them on my own. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting I'm getting across from the point. We uh, we bought or we shopped so that we adopted. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe going forward. Are we going to adopt from now on? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. We might like alternate. I don't know, but I, I highly encourage adopting, but don't be an asshole. Yeah. If well, listen, it, it's just let people make their choices and not judge them for it. That's my mm-hmm. point here. It's sort of, um, you know, I, I, my care is really about the welfare of the dogs and anybody that adopts dogs will tell you that there's tons of dogs that need it. Um, and that's fair. That's a hundred percent true. Um, but I would also say that if you look at Steve's case, Iggy has been a great influence on Charlie because Iggy's calm, yeah. happy, confident, doesn't have some of the, the things that, that Charlie went through, which puts Char- Charlie at ease. And I can tell you the same thing with our dogs, like Bindi on her own didn't, did not do well, which is why we were looking for an extremely personable dog like Seti to come in and sort of chill things out. And she is so good with him. She's an angel now. Yeah. Compared to what she used to be. And that's just, you know, so anyway, long story short, I don't talk to people at the dog park because of the conversation you guys outlined and because of the the snootiness. I just don't, I like to, I also like to not fucking talk sometimes. I know you're you're probably used to me, you know, talking in your ear all the time and do a radio show. Um, Jesse and Steve definitely listen to me talk way too much. But I got to tell you, it's certainly really great when I don't have to say anything to anyone and they can talk to me or I can listen to music. Like I can, I can listen to a podcast. I can listen to music and zone out. I don't go to the park. 
to socialize. I socialize enough. You know what I mean? Right. Why can't the dog park be a place where you go and you sit and relax and just look at the dogs and hang out? Because like why, why do you have to interact with all these other people who want to talk about what kind of kibble your dog eats? Because what brand of coat is your dog wearing? That's why. Because it's really, because people are, like, imagine, okay, imagine we did a podcast and it was about dogs. That is what the dog park is. It's a podcast about dogs that goes in circles. And it's it, like, we, people, those people would look at us and go, how come you guys care so much about hockey? And we'd be like, I don't know. We just do. I think there are, there are for sure dog people and God bless them. We need them who care that much about dogs, who could do an entire, you know, seven year series on dogs. And so like, I love my dogs, but I don't want to talk about them. But just because I'm at the dog park doesn't mean I'm a guest on your podcast. (laughs) I think think that's it. That's That's a good point. I'm there. I'm doing my own show and my show is silent. (laughs) <laughs> you just you watch it and there's no sound and it's, it's, it's always you. enjoyable yeah right yeah it's always enjoyable. You, you are reminding me of something that got my anxiety up right away before i even entered the dog park so well first i see all the cars and i'm like i should just turn around right now but it's a big enough forest whatever i can escape i'm not even in the park yet i'm walking through the parking lot i see some guy look at me twice and he just goes you streaming tonight <laughs> oh hey <laughs> So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, uh, no, uh, maybe. Yeah, from the Sportsnet channel. And I, I wasn't bothered by him saying hi or whatever. Uh, it just threw me off that I was, I, I, am, I know I'm about to act like a psycho. Like I, I know I'm about to, everyone look away from me. Like I, I, I just want to blend in. I want to run through the forest and go home and hi, Steve, like first thing right away. <laughs> And that gets your anxiety up? Tell me, explain that. In that situation. That's not okay. Yeah, okay, so that's not... I have a question for each of you after this. Go ahead. Okay, okay. 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 Because this, you have to understand, like... Also, everyone, stop telling me to stop touching my face in the comments. Shut up, I'm in my basement. Anyway, yes. (laughs) Yes, Adam. Sorry, no, I was in the grocery store today, just like, all I want to do is scratch my face. And, but I, I didn't do it. No, did you, Jesse, did you, see, did you see Steve's YouTube video of him in the subway licking the poles? No, I didn't see that. No, it's really funny. It's good. It's really, it's a good <laughs> thing. People should do that more. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially Steve. Because, sure. you know, he's trying to be famous on YouTube. Um, no, I, I, I have a question about, um, uh, uh, what was I, what were we talking about? We we're talking about. The guy who said hi in the parking lot. Yeah. So that's not a normal situation for people, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have some notoriety because of the channel. Um, and I don't yeah, think you're not going to go to the grocery store. And, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so, and so the, the thing is looking at it from the outside, somebody might say, well, wh- why are you anxious? They're complimenting your work. Like, what's your deal? Why would you be, why would that put you on edge? Because it's hard. And, and I think we have this some, sometimes with athletes and celebrities too. And I'm guilty of this and being too hard on people. Um, where you're thinking like, okay, but you have like the dream life. Like Steve, you are in your studio right now. You've got all your James Reimer figurines in the background. I don't care who they all are. They're all James Reimer. And there it is. There, there it is. is right there. Yeah. See right there. And is that the one I took to Florida, by the way, that I still yes, off your is. wall? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, the, so, so how could it possibly Steve, you know, everybody puts up YouTube videos. Nobody gets watched, but you do. Why would that put you on edge? It, Listen, 99% of the time, I don't mind it. And even yesterday, I don't mind it. Like, it's not like I'm like, hey, no, and I don't think anybody thinks that, but what we're, tell me about the anxiety part. It's, it's just, 
in a, in a rare moment where I actually want to be anonymous mm-hmm. and j- like, like I said, getting, get out my anxieties through the roof, like that there's that many people there. So you're already on edge. Yeah, I'm already on edge. And then, uh, and I just want to be as unnoticeable. Like, it's not even that I want to be anonymous. I don't even want to be a human body that people see. I like, I just want to be in out and like, forget not even being seen. This guy goes, Steve. And I'm like, shit. And like, I don't know, for some reason it just set me off, but not like, not as his I always, fault. Not his fault. It's just, you know, no, excited and I, to see it. No. And I always say to people, like, I hate getting tweets from people who are like, I saw you didn't say hi. Always yeah. say hi. Maybe not for the next two months, but uh, <laughs> or just, hey man, like from across the street. Um, as long as it's not in a crowded parking lot. Well, yeah, or, yeah. Like day. under was, normal circumstances, I get I messages having a like weird that day. from time to time, and I'm like, "Yo, just just say hi next time." But yeah, with yeah. COVID, you can still say hi, but just you know, quiet hi. Hello. I was having a weird Six day. That was, that's all. I had a much. I'm having a much better day today. I was I was telling Jesse like, you guys don't have to do this. I was Je- Jesse's like comfortable in his orange jersey. You got your your yellow shirt. Mm-hmm. Energy. At least for me, I don't know if it's like this for everyone else. Energy is this thing that's not always there, right? Some days you have it, some days you don't. Today I got it. So I am like my, the way I'm not letting this, whatever this is, defeat me today is I'm putting on a nice shirt. That's all. <laughs> like I'm just putting on a shirt with a collar. That's, yeah. that's the, that is the way that I'm, and maybe you, you, you do it by wearing a cool visor and have a banana thing behind you, whatever that blanket is. And, and, and you got in my cool bed, yellow sweater. Adam's sitting at a radio, uh, uh, friggin' broadcast table right now. The way I'm not letting it defeat me today is I'm wearing a nice shirt and I, I, mean, I, and I got fair. energy. That's got energy. So Jesse, you had a question. Yeah. Yeah. My question. Uh, so Steve's answer is the dog park. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Adam, where's the worst place someone can catch you outside? Someone who recognizes you from one of your outlets and they see you out in public and you're like, I didn't want anyone to know who I am here. I should, gener- I should say generally the dog park is actually a great place. I'll say <laughs> hi. Generally, think, I'd say I the doctor. Anybody that listens to the show regularly is going to understand the context of that, Steve. I don't think that that was like, yeah, you don't have no. to overexplain that. I think people get it. Like it's sort of, you know, it's, 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 it's a different time. You're dealing with some anxiety that I think a lot, I think that's really relatable. Like, I think there's a yeah. ton of people right now who are dealing with all types of anxiety that they hadn't expected. I'm getting and blazed tonight. Good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm like, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you, there's no bad place for me. Cause I right. love, I love just to answer your question, Jesse. Uh, I love, I, I love that anyone pays attention to anything I've ever done. And it's not because it's not an arrogance thing. It's a thank God, <laughs> you know, cause there's tons of people trying to do anything entertaining. So anytime, whatever you, it is you do, if it, if it, if it does make an impact on someone, you're like, wow, I'm so grateful for that. Thank you so much for saying hi. That said, the worst situation that you can get into with that is if you're out with your partner and you guys happen to be in an argument and it has oh, happened. and that is <laughs> the worst. And I think, I, I, can, I don't know why I think of this. There, I can't remember the story completely, but there was one time when I lived near Front Street in Toronto and I was at a Metro, which is down there near Jarvis. 
and somebody it was like there was it was something stupid it wasn't like some big like it's no like yelling or screaming but it's that you know that tenseness where you're in the grocery store with your partner and you're both not talking and you're like ripping the thing and somebody comes up and says hi and and your partner's got to be like that's great yeah like they've got to like, do pr as well and and you're like you're over at them and like this person probably they love me but they hate me right now they yeah. love me but they don't like me right now and they're and they're having to be like, yeah, I've got to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up my bootstraps for my partner too. And you look over at them and you're like, I'm gonna thank you for this later, but right now I still hate you. Um, and so yeah, that's that's when it's the worst. And I think I what I remember, and I don't remember what the argument would have been about. Obviously something stupid, um, but uh, I, I said almond milk vanilla unsweetened. Exactly, something like <laughs> totally something like that. Yeah. Right? Or I don't know. green grapes. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't listen. What do you mean you like Hunt's ketchup? I want Heinz, not Hunt's. What? Um, the, uh, uh, I think, I think it was, it was, a, it was a really nice woman. It was when I was on breakfast television and she's like, she looked at me like everybody did when I was on that show and said, Dina. Ah, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Dina. Like, I love you and Dina. And, and you know, cause Dina's best. And, uh, anyway, the, uh, the longest sort of it was Caprice had to be like, and I had to be like, yeah, thank right. You and then when you're in the grocery store, oftentimes you're, you're grocery shopping at the same pace. So you run into them aisle after aisle after aisle and you don't know what to say. You know what I mean? And you're so like, that happened, that happened today. Oh, it did. I don't that happened to, so again, I'm trying to social distance. Like I'm literally, I, I brought, <laughs> I brought, I brought Clorox wipes in a Ziploc bag, but, uh, Sobeys <laughs> already had the Purell, like pull them out of a dispenser or whatever. That's nice. That's cool that they do that. Mm -hmm. On the uh, on the baskets and, and shopping carts. So I was already doing that. I had my list out. I'm mowing through it. Like I am I am a well-oiled um, just machine going through that grocery store again. Get in, get out. But then I get into the cycle with some lady. And we're and in the first couple, it's like, oh. That's who you are, right? We're the people who pass each other. But then by the fourth aisle, we became very aware of I'm, I'm walking directly through your breath and you were walking directly through my breath, or at least that's what was going on in my head. Hers was probably, I said vanilla, I'm sweetened. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and this lady, she was a, with a shopping cart, dead center walker. Don't be a dead center walker. Use your head. And she knew she was going to run into me every time. Get out of here. Move over. Get a clue. North America. You're on the right side. I'll be coming in on your left, my right. Brainwave. Sorry. So this what it slowly, it stopped being economical. It, 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 your anxiety kicked back in. And the house is stocked with snacks right now because every time I felt it go up, I'm like, how about you grab another bag of Doritos? And at the end of every food aisle, there was chips. Right. Top of there being a chip aisle. So, like, we're set. We're set. But anyway, yeah, sorry. We, we, it wasn't, it's usually a cute thing. Like, oh, I see you every time. But on top of her being a dead center walker, I'm like, oh, it's also a pandemic. <laughs> uh, so it was, oh. what's wrong you okay yeah sorry i came came uh un could you hear me the whole time 
Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I unplugged by accident. But uh, okay. yeah. Anyway, um, so the coffee is perhaps too good. I think maybe tomorrow I'm switching to tea. Fair enough. <laughs> um, now, if you uh, if you know if you follow the podcast, you know that we've we've uh, partnered with Elite Prospects, and I don't know if there's a better time to get Elite uh, go on to Elite Prospects and get their premium coverage because they are doing breakdowns of each and every team and talking about in a, in a really in depth way what players. Uh, what players to look out for for your organization, whatever you cheer for, and you know who maybe isn't as good as you thought maybe that they were, or at least that the fan base thinks that they are. So you know for the Leafs, uh, there's a breakdown by Mitch Brown uh, right now at Elite Prospects. Uh, it was done about a week ago, but it is really good. It says after a recent string of graduations, what's left in the Toronto Maple Leafs prospect pool? And obviously, headlining this article, Nick Abruzzi, uh, Nick Robertson, and Igor Korshkov. And you know it's it's interesting to um, it's an interesting question that they ask, right? So again, sign up for Elite Prospects Premium because you're going to get, we are going to get a draft this year. Um, and you're going to want to know, I mean, listen, Eventually. you're starved for hockey content right now, right? Start. So they said worst case scenario, a draft can be done online. So there's no risk of it being canceled. So yeah, exactly. So at least, at least we might not get anything else to like September, October. You we're might get a draft. You might actually, uh, the, the draft may be even better because uh, GMs may be saved from themselves. Oh, yeah. You're, you're oh, going to yeah. be forced to judge a prospect on their body of work to date and not the stupid Memorial Cup. Which is <laughs> such a, I mean, it's like the playoffs, right? You, it's like, it was like when Matt Bolesky got hot in the playoffs and got five million bucks over five years. Which right? happens you know, every which year. Yes. Yeah, good for him. And it, it happens every year. And yes, there is merit to the playoffs. Obviously, we haven't had the playoffs yet. I want to see how amazing Nick Robertson is going to be in the playoffs, but we may not get that chance. Um, in for the time being, you'll just have to judge him by the, what was it, 57 goals yeah. uh, that he had this regular. So why don't I look that up on EliteProspects.com? I can look that up right now. Nick Robertson. And yep, he's got a big old bunch of goals. Says so right there. And let's be honest, being a hockey fan, sometimes it's nice to be way more knowledgeable than your friends and family. Uh, Elite Prospects Premium will allow you for that. There's a bunch of amazing features that you can do there. Uh, there's a lot of articles that you can read there that you can't get anywhere else, and they go in-depth. And I'm not talking just the NHL. If you're a ter- true nerd like we are, I'm talking every league. We're talking KHL. We're talking SHL. We're talking league. Everything that you can imagine it's all there on EliteProspects.com. Sign up for the premium service. It's not that expensive, and it gives you a whole bunch of content, and it's content that you can actually use, especially with the draft. I think I'm going to be more, pre- more prepared for the draft this year than I have been prepared for even when Austin Matthews was going first overall and the Leafs had the pick. Like, I, I don't oh, think, yeah. you know, like, honestly, and that's thank, thanks to Elite Prospects for that, but, like, I, I, there's, what else do you talk about, right? Can, what else is there to talk about? Can I hit you with a little bit of Nick Robertson right now? Please do. Let's do it. Last year in 54 games, he had 55 points. 55 mm-hmm. points. Wow. This year in 46 games, in eight fewer games, he has 55 goals. <laughs> now, you have to think 31 assists, 86 points. Would not have known that that was coming, probably, right? I don't think anybody knew he was going to be this good. No. Um, there was... People were really bullish on the pick. I don't 
think we knew he'd be this much of a destroyer of yeah. war. And one one prospect who I've seen take a little bit of heat is Simeon Duragachinsev, SDA. Because mm-hmm. um, he's playing with Nick Robertson, is he not? He is. He's playing with Nick Robertson, and people are quick to point out he's only got 12 goals, which is a legitimate beef with him. And I even said heading into the season, it'd be nice to see him get more goals. I don't think he's even cracked double digits until just now. And he's barely done it with 12. But coming but if, in, SDA had a bigger upside than Robertson. Do you not? Um, well, he's I, he, was, third rounder. He, was, he was a third rounder. I would say SDA was one of the only – SDA and Robertson are similar in that I, SDA was the youngest player drafted in his draft year. Mm-hmm. And then Robertson was one of the youngest, if not the youngest. He missed the cutoff by like four days. But if you're on a line with Nick Robertson, pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Fair. How many assists does he have? Uh, sixty-three. Okay, so sixty-three in oh, fifty-five wow. games. He's got seventy-five points in fifty-five games. Uh, Robertson, boy, eighty-six points in forty-six games. What a murderer that guy is. The Pete's. It's such a shame because I was looking forward to uh, going to a bunch of Pete's games. Uh, it was going to be fun. Which well, have not been officially canceled, but no. But I think I think. I, I would be shocked if, if we see any more hockey until the fall, um, unless the NHL decides to, in July, start the season up again and finish off the regular season and then do the playoffs in August, which is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But it'd be kind of neat to be outside watching hockey. Like, <laughs> it's right. 9.30, it's still sunny outside, and you're watching hockey. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that, that you know, I wanted to kind of quickly mention on the Nick Robertson thing, I've always been amazed at, you know, you're, you, we, the, the, the tendency on any show is to focus on the big whiffs, right? So, you know, <laughs> people that are supposed to be, like we talked for years about Tyler Biggs. So, you know, the, the fact that the Leafs traded the pick. Big whiff. Don Gibson. And who was the other guy? It was um, Ricard was, Raquel. Ricard Raquel and John Gibson, essentially those picks Ugh. for Tyler Biggs. Yeah. And what a whiff that was. It was a huge whiff. Now, what I don't think we do enough of in just in – breaking things down and that's not just us everybody is the picks that people went huh but then they turned into something great and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention like Nick Robertson people were excited about but I don't think anyone saw this Rasmus Sandin when he was or Sandine or whatever he's calling himself now I don't know what the right way I'm gonna say Sandine um with him when they picked him everybody was like okay you know what I mean I remember that night that the was reaction was was sort of mixed it was like people, really people wanted Joe Valino Yes. And if you uh, in the Red Wings, that wasn't a bad pick. My question with scouting and the art of scouting, which is a tough, tough thing to do. When they looked at Nick Robertson and his 55 points last year, and they said, we need to get this guy. What was it that they thought they needed to get? Was it his skating? Was it his skill? Was it a hockey sense with the person he is? Is it a combination of all of them? Like what goes into that where it makes you go, yeah, I think this guy could really do something. And I think you could only know that if you were working in the OHL as long as Kyle Dubas and, you know, scouting as long as Dave Morrison and, you know, all the, all the people, all the surrounding people that they have at the scouting staff. But it is a fascinating art to me that I don't think we know enough about. And I, I, would even, I wonder if you talk to an NHL scout, if they would even tell you because that's part of what makes them money is the ability to see those things in people that, you know, we haven't seen necessarily on the stat sheet yet do you know what i mean yeah like here let me let me tell you about a player okay uh in the ohl okay 68 games played 
25 goals, 28 assists, 53 points. So 53 points in six. At what age? How old? It, their draft year. Okay. So Not 17. Bad. Not bad. Point of game-ish. Now, what if I told you that player led their team in scoring? How many? Give me the points again. 53 points in 68 games. Good, okay. but not mind-blowing. In OHL. In the OHL. In their okay. draft year. So that's I would say good. they were probably not on a good team. No. You'd be correct. Um, what if I... Oh, 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 wow. What if I told you... Oh, Maron. What if I told you this player, their plus-minus was at least 15, negative 15 worse than the next closest player? I would say you're talking about Connor Brown. I am talking about Connor Brown. I'm talking about Connor. You always bring up. <laughs> yeah, but no, but that was a great pick, and that was it was so. And it yeah. reminds me of Nick Robertson. But how much of that is just getting lucky? Well, they look. They obviously looked and saw a player uh-huh. who could play, but was on a garbage team and was carrying his team as a 17-year-old. So right. I go back to Nick Robertson. And the next year, Connor McDavid showed up. Yeah, and the next year, Connor McDavid showed up, and he was, eh, he was okay. And Dylan a different Strong Connor. And Alex Dabrinkit as well. Right. Uh, maybe not the next year. Travis Dermott. Travis Dermott. And then, so I look at Nick Robertson. This was his draft year. Uh, 54 games played, 27 goals, 28 assists, 55 points. Good. Very good. Not mind-blowing, just very good. But it led the team. It led the entire team in points. And now this year, they all get a little older. Um, SDA is a year older. Uh, Liam Kirk is a year older. Robertson, I think, is even better than the Leafs could have imagined. Then they add Akil Thomas. And then, then they really – they were already one of the better teams. And then they started ramping up for the Memorial Cup. Man, the Peterborough Peets got ripped off. Like, listen, a lot of NHL players, they're going to have another shot next season. Most players will. Man, like a quarter of the OHL, maybe more, they're not going to be able to play junior next year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good Europe. Yeah, right. that's a that's a Europe or the AHL or whatever it is. It's a tough one. But anyway, sorry. So basically, Robertson reminds me somewhat of Connor Brown just because he was clearly a bright spot as a 17-year-old on a team that didn't do well. Right. Know what right. I mean? Right. And that was all used in EliteProspects.com? That's very interesting. All right, <laughs> EliteProspects.com, sign up for the premium service so you can be premium. I don't mm. believe that's their tagline, but I'm just making it up as I go. Now, here's a question, and I think it's a really intelligent one, and Luke Fox is no, uh, no stranger to intelligent questions. There's an article. He always does his quick shifts, and he's continued somehow, some way. And one of the, well, the, the major question from this article this weekend is, will free agents who signed early make more money? So. Hmm. Let's say Jake Muzzin goes, no, screw you, Leafs. I don't want to stay here. I'm going to test the open market, kind of like Derek Broussard did to me when I drafted him in Fantasy Draft uh, on NHL 20 the other day. Bastard. And he was like, I will not sign for that. And I'm like, fine, I will not sign you either. And then by the end of August, he was still unsigned. So, uh, um, idiot. Idiot. But you know, Jake Muzzin got probably less than he would have gotten on the open market, but you would say a pretty fair deal, maybe with a little bit of risk at the end for the Leafs, correct? I agree. Pretty fair. Yeah. Fair. Justin Hall got a pretty good deal. Two million bucks a season. Next year, the year after, the year after that. Not bad, right? 
No, and, and like, even though it hasn't gone well for him since, again, free agency, right-hand shot, yeah. he, he gets more than what he got. Sure. What if free agents who signed early, like those two that I just mentioned, and they just happen to be leased, but there's plenty of players that have signed extensions, are the ones that make the big money this year? Because based on how the cap is, is made and maintained, um, it's 50% of revenue. And we have missed out probably on 40% of the NHL's total revenue this year, but 35 to 40%. The end of the season and the playoffs. And the playoffs are the big money maker because the teams don't have to pay the players anymore, right? So it's pure profit. You know, the players stop making money through their teams. They start making money through the NHL. So my curiosity, the curious part for me is, at least in a hockey sense right now, and I have to be honest with you, it's pretty tough to think about hockey, but if we are going to talk about hockey because we are a hockey podcast, what happens? What happens if the NHL salary cap goes down by 10 million bucks next year? Then I think something happens. I, uh, this happened coming out of 0506. I can't remember exactly how it happened uh, going into the 48 game season in 2013. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to cut salaries. That's compliance that's buyouts. They, sorry, compliance buyouts. Compliance buyouts, but I mean literally everyone across the league makes something like eighty percent of their contract, or something like that. They, oh. I see pushback uh, from the PA on something like that. Of course, I, there was pushback. I, I would see them there was pushback it out the over the course of a couple of years. Maybe it go. Maybe it stays flat next year. The following year, it goes down $2 million. The next year, another $2 million. Then you make up this lost revenue over the course of the next five years hmm. instead mm-hmm. of just all at once, you know? Yeah, maybe something like that. Because like, th- there's going to be – we're talking about the cap, and we're talking about a team like the Leafs who, like, let's say the cap goes down. The Leafs' problem is going to be, oh, no, we're paying more money than the – max amount of money we're allowed to pay oh no and what i'm saying is the problem that most teams are going to have is we literally cannot pay we cannot afford to pay you that amount of money um you know we always go through uh you know the teams who notoriously you know don't have a ton of money uh maybe the devils or maybe the blue jackets and sometimes i get sorry sends sends like sometimes i get scolded for because because like um, ownership will change, so the reality for that team changes. Like for example, I don't think the Jets make a ton of money, but they have ridiculous. No, they teams. they lose money every year. They lose money, but they have a ridiculously rich owners, so it's not a huge issue. Um, but it, you know, some of these small market teams, I mean, they got they got bigger fish to fry. We're still begging teams to pay their own employees through right. uh, through all this. The Bruins still aren't, and we'll get to that. Um, despite whatever's being reported. Um, so we're, we're looking at this from the Leafs' point of view, where it's, oh, oh gosh, they're going to be over the cap. I think the problem we're going to run into is teams will not be able to pay their players in full. And I wonder if it's something like coming out of 05-06, where they just slash all contracts by X percentage. And there is a precedence there. It's been done. But that was coming out of a labor dispute, right? Right. That was I mean, coming the out contract of a labor dispute. Is, the contract is set. The players agreed to that. Yep. This, con- this contract season, it's set. This is the deal, man. And the owners. And the owners agreed the owners to pay it. it. The owners exactly. agreed to pay it too. But 
I mean, they agreed to pay the previous ones. But as well. Steve, l- okay, let's take a look at your current employer, Rogers. Rogers comes to you. They say we couldn't broadcast sports for three months. Steve, we're gonna cut your salary by eighty percent. What do you say? You're no, saying, not by eighty oh. percent. Like two eighty percent. Two eighty percent. You're saying no. That's ridiculous. That's never gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I don't no, think I know. that could happen. I know. I know. It's it's ridiculous. But like. I don't. What happens then if they go? We literally don't have the money. I don't know. Find it. I. I find it. Yeah. You can never get a case where that's that's going to be the case. I think there'll always be money to be found. It's just a matter of where you're going to cut to get that money from. Yeah. Well, and then, well, and then you know, teams. What are teams going to do? They're going to be laying off swaths of employees so that they can pay their right winger. We're seeing that happen right now in society. I know. I mean, Air Canada just laid off 5,000 people. Yeah. Temporarily, but yeah. all the well, same. And so, yeah. like, so this but then, but, but then I'm going to be, because I, I understand the owner agreed to it, the player agreed to it, pay the contract. And the, and the union agreed works. to it. And yeah. You can't, you, like, that's you're trying to back your union too? That's what's fair. But, like, some of these players right now for certain teams are propping up the fund to help out team employees. But then once we're on the other side of this and you got to pay the players in full, those same employees that they're helping to prop up are going to be laid off. So like, it's just we're trying to picture a world that as of yet doesn't exist, but something seismic is going to have to happen. Um, I wonder what the, it's interesting that we have not heard a single thing on those contingency plans yet either, because mm-hmm. you know they're having the discussions. They have to. We're still coming to grips with how serious this is. There's sure. people in Florida shotgunning beards out of people's ass. <laughs> yes, did I that saw video? that video. I did see that. Human centipede uh, shots are a new one. Never seen mm-hmm. that before. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the uh, other thing I want to... Human centipede episode of South Park. Amazing. So good. No! So I didn't good. read it! <laughs> you didn't read the terms and conditions. Uh, no, no, I, I want to ask you this. And this is something that kind of hit me in the shower today because that's that new ideas hit me other than water. It's the only place new ideas hit me. So, okay. So let's say Steve's right, Jesse, Steve's right. And the NHL has got to roll back salaries on the players and somehow that works. What is going to happen now to the women's game? Because oh. we've, we've talked about, you know, that first off, it's so unfortunate this has happened this year because of what, what's, you know, uh, what the PWHPA is trying to do. And so, and then I, and I imagine it would be extremely tough for the NWHL who are now unable to fulfill the commitments that they sold with their advertisers on, right? So you either have to do a make good next season, which cuts into your revenue for next season, or you loot, or they, you know, they claw back a percentage of what they've already paid you in advertising. So if the NHL was going to start a women's league, this at the end of the season, which some had speculated that they would, um, if they have to pay out money or they're, they've lost that much revenue, is this the year that, they, that even happens? And does this push, does it kick that can even further down the road now? Because I, I mean, you're, you're dealing with, I mean, you've seen the certain, certain owners had no problem. And then there were other owners that had a serious problem even paying their part-time workers. And I did some calculations. And in certain cases, it's like, it's the difference of, it's like six or 700 grand. Like people reached out to me after uh, one of the episodes where we talked about um, what it would cost to pay these employees. And I, I calculated for it's Calgary. It's Martin Marincin. 
Yeah, I calculated for Calgary yeah. what it would be for four games, and it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like six or seven hundred grand at a fifteen dollar minimum wage, which is what Alberta's minimum wage is. And so it's not like people are like, "You don't understand. You're not a billionaire. You don't have money." Well, no, I don't have money like that. I don't. But if you can buy a hockey team, you probably can afford to pay out five hundred thousand bucks. Like you can't. There's just there's no other other way around that. Or We're not a thousand bucks. And I know that they've they've started these funds that are one point five million. Well, yeah, but that's that's based on some other factors as well. The point I'm trying to make here is if the NHL with a bunch of owners who are money mad, if you are a billionaire, you know how to make money, you hate losing money, it it cuts at your soul. These are it's a read any psychology on billionaires. It's it, they're totally different from millionaires and they're nuts. And the 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 part that would would be would be worrying to me is that they would go okay so we're going to pay out the player salaries we've lost money on revenue and now we're going to we're going to start this league that probably won't be profitable for the first couple of years we don't know but chances are with the global economy being what it is that we have to build a game here i just i i, I really i i wonder if this is the year i wonder if they could even do it this year and, and now that's pure speculation, but I just don't see how it, it happens, which is such a shame. Because everything going to be the year changed. that this came together. Everything's changed, though, man. It's, we, we had uh, some tentative deals, and I had some tentative deals. And this is obviously on a much, much smaller scale. But, and, you know, everyone was enthusiastic to do it. And then a week passes, all the news comes out, and they're like, well, so obviously we're not doing this, and you understand. And I kind of had no choice. Like I could be sour about it, but what am I going to do? Ask there to not be a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> like I 100%. reality changed. That's what happened. And I don't know. I don't know what the other side of this looks like. Right. So it's wild, man. I, I would hate for out of all the casualties, uh, ooh, maybe a poor choice of words out of all the, Things that were going to happen that may not. Um, this this potential league uh, getting axed would be the worst. Or even paused. I wouldn't uh, imagine to be axed. Yeah, like I'm sure they'll eventually do it. But it's like you said, like it sure seemed like it was heading in a direction where it could be next season. Mm-hmm. And now it might not be. Right. Which is which would just be a huge bummer. Yeah. You need... I, if you can push it a year, I think that's the best thing, right? Mm-hmm. As long as it still exists, even though it's a, a year later. Just make it happen. Some sort of compromise, you know? Just make it happen, like you said, yeah. Yeah, lots yeah. of things are going to get pushed. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. the Olympics, I, I can't believe they haven't paused that yet. Why wasn't that the be first thing that was canceled? Yeah, because, is that like, supposed to be that's supposed to be in, like, June? Three months. July, I think. July. Yeah, yeah it's not going to happen. Doesn't matter. No, that's doesn't ridiculous. Matter. And it shouldn't happen yet. Now, I here's where I feel bad. There, the athletes, man. The yeah. athletes have been training, yeah. and here's they train to the freaking minute about yeah. like what. So this throws their whole training schedule off, which really sucks. But it's like so many things. What do you want? Like what? It is what it is, man. Like yeah, we're all is, changing things. Yeah. This is life. This. Oh, it sucks for this. It sucks for yes. Yes, and like that's that's what it is, man. That's there should not be an Olympics this year. No, no. Assuming that, I mean, assuming that that the, uh, I mean, from what I've heard, you know, like you can hear eighty million projections on the news. I've heard things that are like 
you know, it started out a couple of weeks ago where people were like, well, when it heats up, the virus goes away. Well, that's not true because in blazingly hot countries like Singapore, um, there is cases of COVID. Um, and, and so that's, that's a, a total BS argument. But what's interesting about this is that I've heard everything from, oh, it's only going to be a couple months to this could be six months. And there are people talking about locking down New York for four to six weeks. Like, minimum. think about that. That's movie shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and so I think, you know, everything's got to be off the table in this case. And it's such a shame for that. Now, I do want to run through some stuff with you because there's a list of notable free agents that Emily Sadler at Sportsnet.ca has put together. And if we're looking at maybe what could be at least a reduced cap, you know, this is unfortunately for these guys, the worst year to go to free agency. And this is the first player I'm going to bring up is somebody who already you could argue lit money on fire because he's just not had a great year. Maybe not, not been a good fit, not played on a great oh. team to start uh, and not been so great when he was traded. Taylor Hall, Arizona Coyotes, his cap hit in, is $6 million. Going into this oh. season, you were expecting people were like $11 bucks going to be 11 million bucks to get taylor hall if you factor in the fact that there's you know less money now i said 13 i remember 13. saying that he could have the highest cap hit in the league there you go you factor in less cap available um less revenue uh so even if even if the cap stays the same there's gonna be a lot of owners who are like i lost a lot of money last year i can't afford to add a player at x amount of dollars um I wonder what Taylor Hall's contract looks like. And weirdly enough, I wonder if his next contract even looks a lot different than the one he currently has. Meaning, who knows? maybe he goes, and maybe this is what a lot of free agents do. They go, well, I made $6 million last year. They're offering me seven. I'll do one year and see where the league's at in a year. You know, it's, it's, funny, it's funny seeing – I've been watching news pop up on my, on my timeline – uh, the NFL like seems to just be conducting business like nothing's happening. <laughs> like, yeah, it does I, like that though. They just are like, well, they have, they have so much stupid money too. You're yeah, Jesse, I can't hear. Oh, their timeline's a little different because they're still expecting to have a full regular season and play every game, right? They're like, oh, by September this will be figured out and we can be in stadiums. They missed but any money? Who knows? Maybe. And like September, like that's the first thing I've heard where I'm like, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like, I'm a pessimist with all this, and, like, I'm very reserved. September? Okay, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder, like, you might actually see, now that people are sort of settling into, you know, life in their basement or whatever, um, you might actually see a lot of business get done. And you might see some players who have a year left on their contract, um, potentially wisely, negotiating a like a discount, uh, a discount sort of deal, but they secured the bag. Right. You know what I mean? Getting something. Yeah. Getting, yeah. Nothing, and like, nothing stopping players from re-signing now, right? Uh, I don't there, think so. there's a, They're enacting a roster freeze. I know that. Okay. And I don't know if that includes like contract negotiations as well. That's so weird because there's been college free agents signed. The, uh, Calgary got a big guy. Yeah. So you must be able to sign free agents, but you wouldn't be able to trade. And I think mm-hmm. there were people who were like, hey, well, the NHL's on freeze. How about we op- reopen the trade deadline? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're not trading somebody during a pandemic. As fun as it is, go on EA no. Sports NHL and make your trades there. And good That's luck. Absurd. Make sure you scout the players first. I think well, – it's, and it's not like they're going to move. 
in the middle of the pandemic too. If it's if it's a signing, if it's two parties mutually agreeing to something, I think that's perfectly fine. But a trade where no, they have no control over anything, mm-hmm. like no, that's that that to me seems ridiculous. No. Taylor Hall, by the way, we're talking about him like he's having a bum season. The Coyotes have not been good since he they, got there. They were in the playoffs. For they a bit. were in the playoffs. I would argue that most of it's been goaltending. They went from Vesna level goaltending to I think Kemper went down for a bit, and then they basically went from near nine thirty goaltending to barely above nine ten. Over that, Taylor, that'll Hall's. hurt you a little yeah. bit. But like Taylor Hall. Again, like he should be making a ton of money, but with the Devils, he had 25 points in 30 games. Good. I would not argue elite, especially, uh, but on the Devils, on the yeah, uh, but I wouldn't argue elite because like Leon Drysaitel had over 100 points before games stopped, uh, and then with the Coyotes, he's got 27 points in 35 games, so he's below a point a game. Still very good. Here's the key: in 65 games. 16 goals. Yeah. And that's not, not enough. Here. He's a no. left winger, man. He's not even a center. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not good enough. And it's weird looking through his career. Like, okay. Okay. This is wild. No, I am wild. Get, uh, how many 30 goal seasons does Taylor Hall have? Uh, two, I think. Well, there's you, one Jesse three. says two. And I'm going to say three. Three-time 30-goal scorer, potential top 100. Former heart winner. Former heart winner. Yeah. What if I told you you the only year Taylor Hall eclipsed 30 goals? So it's one. His NHL career was the year he won. One. Wow. One. Wow. One. He had 39 goals. overrated? (laughs) Maybe. It's that – Maybe it's that first overall thing that you know that gets labeled on someone, right? Here's one. It's oh, it's it's so nice to have a hockey debate right now. Yeah. Uh, um, here's one. So we went through sort sort of a golden era of debating who should go first and who should go second. Tavares, Hedman, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Liney Matthews was a big one recently. Liney yeah. Matthews was actually pretty hotly contested. Uh, the Nuge draft was interesting because that could have been four guys. It was supposed to be Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Adam Larson, Sam Bennett, and I'm trying to remember who the fourth one was. Um, but Taylor versus Tyler was Big. a huge one. Taylor Hall versus Tyler Sagan was a huge one. Over their careers? I think I'd take Sagan. Easily. Oh, I, I would. Yeah. yeah. He's a center, too. He's a center. He's a center. End of debate. Yeah. End of debate. Center. And that was another interesting case where heading into that draft, Taylor Hall, like Taylor Hall was a key part of the, oh my God. Yeah. I, sorry. I don't know how you don't take Taylor Hall first overall with these numbers, but still uh, the year before his draft year with the Windsor Spitfires in 63 games, he had 90 points, 38 of them goals. The next year, his draft year in 57 games, he had 40 goals, 106 points. Both wow. those years, the Spitfires won the Memorial Cup. That's pretty cool. They're unbelievable. But Tyler Sagan played for the Plymouth Whalers, who weren't nearly as good, and he was a center, and, and, and. Right. And I'm not, I'm not trying to diss Taylor Hall. I'm just saying, as we all know, right-handed shot defensemen and centermen are the ones that 
Those no, are most valuable positions in hockey. No, we I ten, think we're trying we have, to slander Taylor Hall here. I think we are. Sure. You're right. Yeah. 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 Man, he's, he's living his best life. He, it was his girlfriend or fiance. They were doing the koala challenge. I just saw that video get posted. He's, he's fine. He's going to be good. <laughs> but I wonder, you know, the NHL has been a league of long-term deals for, for a while. And I think, you know, it's interesting when you watch the NBA because, you know, they play their games closer together. Now, given it's a different, it's, you're asked different things physically in the NBA than you are in hockey. Right, which is why in the NFL you tend to see it when when you get star players, um, it's as much money guaranteed as you can because they can just cut people, and it's as uh, long as you can. Uh, and the NHL seems to be that way too because of the physical demands it puts on your body. Your body could fall off, whatever. I wonder if we're going to see a lot of one year deals this year. And Taylor Hall is one of them. He's he seemed to me seems like he's had an off year, and then it's been an off year revenue wise for the NHL. That to me screams, let's do a one-year deal, let the, let the global economy recover and see where we're at next year because I'll still be pretty valuable and at that point, he'd be 30 because he's 28 right now. Uh, he's going to be 29 next season and he'll be closer to 30 at that point. You probably could make some money. Now, so time works. That- I could also see things going the other way though. Okay. I could see people saying, I'm going to sign that long-term contract when I get the chance because something like this might happen and I might be sitting there without money one day. So why not take the five-year deal and guarantee my sports life for the next five years and then I'm going to make this money instead of, hey, I'll sign a one-year deal, but then who knows what happens to society at that time. So yeah. I can see long-term contracts yeah. coming like back into vogue. I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and that's what happens in times of uncertainty. Now it used to be labor uncertainty. Now it's the way shit works, uh, mm-hmm. uncertainty. Um, but there were there were there was a swath of those deals done just before the 2012 13 uh, lockout. And I want to say I want to say Taylor Hulse was one of them. Yeah, I think it was actually. Let me look that up. I think it was. I remember uh, Evander Kane. The, the next name to come up is Alex Petrangelo from the Blues. Thirty years okay. old. Leafs, bro. Yeah, right. Um, now he was primed to sign. Um, they said something like eight million bucks or something like that at the beginning of the season, which I think is really low. But it may he he made six point five million this year, or will make six point five once the season's all done. I, it sort of makes sense to me that that at thirty years old you sign the longest term deal you possibly can. But maybe he has to take a hit too, because there were people out there projecting that's a ten million dollar right shot defenseman, and you forget about the first or sorry the last four years and just go, man, the first four years of Alex Petrangelo, I'll take that any day. It gives my chance, team a chance to win the cup. I wonder if Alex Petrangelo comes in at like eight million bucks, and you get him at a bargain. Like I wonder <laughs> if that's you know what I mean, and that's sort of like that. That'd be amazing for any team that would get him. I know. I I hate. <laughs> I, I hate to always make it about the Leafs, but holy shit, they're so screwed. Oh, yeah. They're so screwed. Oh, like, yeah. You gotta, they're gonna have to get creative because they'll be so boned. And they signed, remember, okay, what do we keep saying? Matthews makes that money. Marner makes that money. Tavares makes that money. They're three of the top seven. But you watch. In a few years, they won't be. Because we were looking at society and the NHL and money the way it was going. Right. It's not going there anymore. No, it's, it's different. When will be the next player to sign for double digits? It might be a few years. Uh, oh, yeah. What's going on? Well, they're talking mm-hmm. like it's going to be three or four years before the economy recovers. Like, right. not, not that it won't grow, because it will grow, 
but it means that, like to get it back to the level it was, right? Might take years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, the NHL has got to at least be happy that they have a new team. Yeah. Uh, some so some added revenue. So that'll um, be cool. Um, Taylor Hall, by the way, uh, signed his deal August 22nd, 2012. So that was just uh, before um, the, uh, the lockout. Is, uh, is Everly having a day? Yeah, she's – listen, I'm sorry about the crying in the background. If you have a baby, you know what I'm talking about. You're probably just ignoring it. Um, the, uh, she is in the stage of being weaned off a bottle. And oh. that sometimes means that – teething. Well, and teething too, yeah. And so her front teeth are coming in, and they're coming in quick, and it hurts. And then she's got – she wants bottles. She wants them bad. And, uh, and so we are like, no, you have to eat real food. And most of the time, she's pretty good. But then there's certain times, like when it gets later in the evening and she's a little more tired, where she gets kind of grumpy about it. So um, she's kind of grumpy about it clearly right now, which uh, Caprice is handling, I'm sure, with <laughs> as much pace as she, as she can. Uh, and it's just, yeah, sometimes when you broadcast from home, you're going to hear a screaming baby. That's just it. So um, anyway, the next guy I want to talk about, Brayden Holpe, $6.1 million cap hit, 30 years old. He's been, it looks like Ilya Samsonov is ready to take the net. Mm-hmm. do you think forget if he signs with the capitals does he even get 6.1 million dollars now uh, well and why would you sign a goalie who appears to be on the decline who's on the wrong side of 30 to any kind of term because you're a team without a goalie like chicago they got Corey crawford they're oh, a-okay <laughs> Corey crawford's well. good i know I but for how long is there's always a place for goalies. Not all 31, soon to be 32 teams will have a starting goalie. And somebody's going to look at Brayden Holtley and his resume and be like, hey, that's a guy that we can just put in net for 50 games and we know we're going to get 55, 50 to 60 games out of him. And that Adam named the perfect winner. team. Adam cup named winner. the perfect team. Chicago. because uh, Chicago because they signed Cam Ward. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Calgary, yeah, maybe Calgary too. You know, Calgary, I would, I could see making a really good push. Not that a big save Dave isn't the guy, but you would think that maybe Brayden Holpe might be more the guy. He and maybe really you put them together. Good. Have big them together. Big save Dave was good for a bit, but yeah, a little bit more sink than swim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cam, Cam Talbot, like, you want to talk about a guy who had a Jim Carrey-esque career. And I'm not talking about the actor. I'm talking about uh, the, the net, net detective. The net detective. That guy was unbeatable for like one year and then he left yep he won he won i want to say the calder and the vezina the same year and peaced mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what a weird guy um and that's another washington story. goalie too uh tory krug at number four 5.25 million dollars one of the best offensive defensemen oh. in the league kind of a bastard to play against too which is why i love tory krug so much although boston fans got really mad at me for saying that he was sort of a little bit dirty um he is, and that's what makes him great. Is that he can he can be a jerk, and a uh, and is a fantastic offensive defenseman as well. If he were to hit the open market, assuming Boston doesn't re-sign him, you know, everybody's going to want this guy. But my question is, what does the what does the contract look like, and is it a whole lot different than five point two five million dollars that he was making already? I. Th- it's hmm. It's very interesting because you were saying the economy is expected to recover in something like three to four years. That's, I mean, that's, listen, those are early projections. Who knows? Who knows? 
because I, I wonder if like a two-year deal at doesn't the amount of money doesn't matter i i wonder if just two-year deals just sort of become what's popular in vogue as jesse mm-hmm. said um and then player it's 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 not even a bet on yourself contract it's a wait and see contract yeah. every all your plans, everything has been yard sailed. There's oh, yeah. nothing you can do about that. So maybe the best thing these guys can do, I don't think there's there's a problem with either mantra. There's there's long-term deal, secure the bag. And I guess it would sort of be bet on yourself, sign like a two-year deal uh, as everything recovers um, and then try to secure the bag after that. But you're taking a lot of risk there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you blow yeah. out a knee this happens again. Like yep. who, who knows? Who knows? So let's, I'm going to pause that there. Um, and we'll, we can come back to this list uh, next episode on Wednesday and just keep kind of keep rolling through it. But totally. I, something I think we might want to do is look at the NHL, you know, and this would require some homework and Steve, you'd have to remember to do it. But since we got some extra time, <sighs> I would like to know if we had, if, if, you, if the salary goes to say 70 million next season, and I'd like to go through all the teams because we like got the time million dollar and go and go who, who in each, on each organization, you got two compliance buyouts, which would, who are you using them on? Because I would be surprised. Like, like you could say, you could look at Anaheim for instance, they got Ryan Kessler on there. You know, apparently Ryan Kessler had to like relearn to walk. Like it's crazy with the injury he had. Yeah. And a compliance buyout, by the way, if anybody doesn't remember these, um, you pay them their full salary and they walk, but you don't have a hit against the cap which is great for both sides. Both player gets their money, owner gets the, the cap, you know, the, or sorry, GM gets the, the free cap. The only loser in there is the owner who has to pay out the money. Uh, but the owner agreed to the contract, so whatever. My question would be, on each team, if you have to buy out two guys, who would they be? And what does the team look like after that? Which means it floods the free agent market with a bunch more free agents. Do you know what I'm saying? So sometimes right. you have a bunch of good players and you still have to buy them out in a compliance buyout situation. The Leafs would be in that situation, by the way. They would have to buy out two pretty good players. And it's like, who do you buy out? And then when you flood the market with anything, if you flood the market with apples, what does it do? It brings the price of apples down. So if you flood the market with quality hockey players for the guys that are already free agents, let's say you do the compliance buyouts, the guys that were already lined up to be free agents are now going to say, well, shit, now I've even lost more money. And the guys coming off compliance buyouts are like, hey, I got my money and I get to make more. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that so was the strange that's thing. That's sort of tough too. That was the strange thing about the compliance buyouts. I'm trying to... Uh, the strange thing about compliance buyouts is it wasn't necessarily bad players getting bought out. It no, was like it was just expensive it, players. It was expensive players and some players who were having a bad year. Uh, oh, sorry. Here, I'm actually can, can we have a podcast guest? Can we have two podcast guests? Uh, Iggy and Charlie? Give me your voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. Iggy Charlie here. I got to tilt tilt here, the You guys down. you guys say hi. I have to use the bathroom. <laughs> okay. All right. Here, it Charlie. Can't hold my bladder. Iggy, Iggy, come here. Come Oh, Charlie. <laughs> Iggy, come here. This way, this way. There you go. See? There, I got both boys. Steve. Yes? Take is it. the obvious buyout on the Leafs Mitch Marner? There it is. I <laughs> knew it. I, knew I had it. to it's, ask the question. Did you see these disloyal dogs, by the way? They're just piecing. They got their treat and they're piecing. 
All right, bye, boys. I love you. Victory po- Okay. Yeah, There's Mitch Marner, the buyout on the list. You go Mitch Marner and, like, Kerfoot or something. Oh, boy. Well, okay. So, let me go through Let me go through Mikhail Grabowski's uh, buyout okay. to give you an idea what this might look like, okay? Uh-huh. So, Mikhail Grabowski got bought out on, where's the date? July. And while you were gone, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. While you were gone, Steve said Mitch Marner should be bought out by the league. No, that was Jesse. That was <laughs> Jesse. How dare you? How dare you say that? You know? You might you know? have to. Ah. So, <laughs> so, well, I mean, listen, if, if $40 million is taken up by four players and you've got $30 million to spend on the other 18, one of the four is gone, man. So what about – okay, here, that's another. But we're not getting into it this episode because we still got to do the press. Yeah, conference. that's a, that's another conversation. I got a lot uh, of questions too. Sure, Mikhail right, Grabowski good. was bought out July fourth, twenty thirteen. The Leafs are still paying him this year and next one million seven hundred ninety-one thousand six hundred sixty-seven. Did it have to end with sixty-seven dollars every year? They had to pay him that for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight years. He had one. He had a bad lockout shortened year, uh, in a reduced right. role, and that was it. And like with a bad coach, with a terrible coach, they never should have had. Well, there was that too, Adam. But um, they're they're. It's weird the compliance buyout and like <laughs> Jesse saying Marner, like getting bought out doesn't mean you suck. It just means they needed the money. Grabo after that buyout went on to sign a one, two, three, four year deal at. $5 million per with the Washington Capitals. The Leafs bought him out of a $5.5 million year uh, mm. uh, dollar deal. Like, it, it's unbelievable. Now, if I'm the Leafs, though, and, and maybe, maybe we'll stop it here because I know you want to keep the conversation going on a later date. If I'm the Leafs, I go, dude, <laughs> what are you joking me? You're putting me in a position where I have to buy out a nearly $11 million player who was on a 90 to 100 point pace. That's that is that's ridiculous. So you're going to have teams on both ends. The the have-nots are going to be like, dude, I literally can't pay these guys. A team that's in a situation like the Leafs or even Vegas is up against it. Like, what are you going to put Vegas in a situation where they got to buy out Mark Stone or something like that or Flurry? Something dude, like that. That's wild. I mean, look what's happened in real life, the sacrifices people are yeah. going to have to make. Forget the NHL. I know. I oh man, it's so I don't know. It'll be an interesting I don't know. conversation to have when we have it. We're not having it now. Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you to associate producer, uh, associate producer Mrs. Dangle there for uh, giving me the dog treats and the dogs. Adam, they took What's the it? they took the treats and dipped. They were just gone. Well, because that's what they're about, man. They secure the bag. <laughs> secure the treats. Press conference. Let's do it, Jesse. Uh, this is our new favorite corner of the podcast. Adam Wilde does history things. Oh, man. So this <laughs> one's from uh, Turnip Cannon. Okay. Uh, let, me get other, well, let me see what other trash 20th century military equipment I can steer Adam towards ranting about. Uh, oh. The F-35 is too new. And Adam doesn't like recent things. They're way too new. Mm. 
So yeah, 30, uh, isn't that the one they spent like a gazillion dollars on and it doesn't work? There was like a plane that they spent a, a, like $2 billion or something or $20 billion or some stupid number. I don't know. I don't oh, know anything no. about that stuff. Isn't that what you... <laughs> I'm not really good with like equipment, by the way. I got lucky with that Ross rifle thing last episode. I'm better at events. I don't... And I don't... Don't ask me dates because I don't know that stuff. Okay. Do F-35 uh, what you do to restart your computer or what, what is what? that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, our part... No. One of our shout out Dua, she said, uh, can we get another World War One history fact, possibly? You got to have a World War One history fact? Sure. Uh, yeah. if, if you Play care. Yes. They have still yet to calculate how much World War One cost. No. Oh. They do not know how much it cost. Wasn't like there something... Wasn't there something recently where a certain country had just finished paying off? Germany. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, like five years ago. So with the Treaty of Versailles, Germany had to pay reparations um, and admit war guilt, which is essentially a clause that says, we started this, it's our fault. Now, if you look into the causes of the war, uh, there was perpetuation on Germany's side, no question. There was a point at which the Kaiser did say, we should stop doing this. We, we cannot, we shouldn't move forward with this war. And their, the general said, well, we've already mobilized. We can't not do it now. Um, so there was, there was a significant degree of anger against Germany. So when the Treaty of Versailles signed, they, you know, Austria-Hungary doesn't exist anymore. Um, and neither do the Ottoman Empire. So that's sort of like the, those are like the three people. And so Germany's left holding the bag and going, I guess we got to pay all this. So... Um, they paid it as little as they possibly could in the 20s uh, under the Weimar regime, which is like a, a, a democracy that existed before Hitler took over. And then they basically they tried to make every way that they could not to not to pay these payments because it was going to cripple the economy. And then Hitler takes over and says, we're not paying these. And he just ripped up the treaty and the German people loved it and everything. And then I believe after the war, and I don't know the specific specifics of this, but part of those reparation payments, I believe were taken on by West Germany, not as a thing that they were forced to do. Now, I could be wrong on this, but I think there was sort of like a, okay, like the last 40 years have been awful and we've been the center of a lot of that and let's make these payments so at least we can start on the road to forgiveness here. And I believe that's what happened. And I think they stopped making reparations payments in the late... 20 i don't know they're 20 what started with the two which is insane. yeah yeah so it was like 80 years later so yeah that's the story there although again very general look it up if you want to actually see the specifics don't don't cite me that's fun my right (laughs) right here can i can i throw one in sure Sure. so again listening to blueprint for armageddon listen if you're looking for time to kill i think it's a is it six part adam blueprint for Armageddon. yeah 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 and there's six Uh, episodes six hours each Something like that. It's wildly long. I believe it's 24 hours worth of audio blueprint for Armageddon by Dan Carlin. And the, the beginning of world war one is there, there's so many wild stories. I I mean, there's wild stories throughout, but my favorite one is, I think it was the Germans were going through Belgium, which they really shouldn't ought to done. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were basically, they were storming this Belgian fort and the Belgians were giving them hell and they were making it really difficult. And finally what happened is this German general just like snapped and he's like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go in there. And he like literally just walked in there and banged on the door and demanded surrender. Eric Ludendorff. 
Yeah. Is that oh, this guy? So he literally just walked in, banged on the door, and said "surrender." And they basically went, "All right." Yeah, they did. <laughs> That's a- um, but you forget that they brought in a gun, which is like, which was they had to bring it on a train, and it took three days to set up this gun. Yeah, and they were called Paris guns, but they actually had a different name. And the reason they were called Paris guns is because they were the first guns to shoot from shoot Paris. But they shot something the size of a car, like a shell the size of a car. Something like 80 miles. So, and if you look at pictures of these things online, they, you'll see them on the train tracks and they come, they came with, they shot one shot an hour and they came with a crew of 300. So they would train these things in on a train and then they would have a crane that they trained in as well that would lift each piece off the track and then they would dig a foundation, pour concrete, wait for the concrete to set and dry and then they would fire the gun. That is a and long so, ass kicking. Long ass kicking. So when those forts in Belgium, they were really well built for the era that they were supposed to be in, which was about 40 or 50 years previous to this. Um, so they, they were well built. They were well manned. They were well defended. The Germans brought that gun in and it was over. And that's why Eric Ludendorff was able to do that. And Eric Ludendorff, that launched his career. He was then sent to the Eastern Front where he teamed up with uh, General Hindenburg and the two of them together were responsible for one of the biggest Russian defeats in 19, I think early 1915, Tannenberg, where they, they took 80,000 people prisoner and they had a, a pincer movement. So they caught you on one side, you're fighting them on this side, and they had another army go all the way around yeah, and they were on just the other like, side. And then just waved. towards the end of the war, Ludendorff and Hindenburg became the two last generals of the German army. And when things were not looking good in 1917, uh, and early 1918 for the Allies, or the, on the Entente at that time, um, it was because of what Ludendorff and Hindenburg were doing. Ludendorff, also an early supporter of the Nazi party, and was a part of what's called the Beer Hall Putsch, which in the early 1920s, Hitler tried to take over the German government as the head of the Nazi party. Their big claim to fame was, right. hey, we got Eric Ludendorff, he believes in us. So, and, but Eric Ludendorff, they started, it's so weird, he was so radical that even the Nazis didn't like him. And just what? A, Oh, yeah. That guy has like an unbelievable story. Um, sorry, that's my phone. Just an oh. unbelievable story. I mean, you have to be a, some kind of maniac to walk up to a fort, knock on the door, and ask them for your surrender, right? Yeah, so there's- you can imagine that there's a, and then, you know, four or five years of war and just, and then, you know, civil discord and whatever in Germany afterwards. Just that you have to, he's warped probably by his times and also by the, the, the racism that was inherent in a lot of Europe at that point. And there was so much of uh, a lot of the Winston Churchill stuff is wild from uh, crazy from uh, a blueprint for Armageddon because he wasn't the leader of Britain at the time. Wasn't he was an admiral, he right? He was the head of the, he was the head of admiralty. He wasn't an admiral. So he was oh, the wow. head of the admiralty. admiralty. Yeah. Wow. So basically, and, <laughs> and, and Dan Carlin will keep saying, Oh yeah, he thought this wild thing, and you'll be like, "What?" And he would follow it up with, "And we know this because he wrote it, <laughs> because <laughs> he has all his memoirs." Yeah. So right. anyway, Blueprint for Armageddon. Once you're done listening to the Pinnacle Pizza Steve Dangle podcast, mm-hmm. um, that is a uh, that's a good listen. Yeah. If you want, if you want a really good uh, set of memoirs, read Winston Churchill's. Read his First World War and then his Second World War stuff. Not all of it's true. Not all of it's accurate. Uh, but they're memoirs. 
And sometimes it's just interesting to get things from people's perspectives anyway. Yeah, it's a really um, important thing is it's just his point of view. Right, right, which was often warped and, and incorrect and people misremember things all the time. So anyway, that's, a, that's your random history fact for today, I guess. Here's a question from Mahesh. Is poutine a salad? Is poutine a salad? <laughs> uh, right off the bat, I'm going to go with no, because salad, there's a uh, connotation that there's a little bit of healthiness in it. You know, when you think of salad, you think, oh, this is, this is kind of good, even though I pour sugar syrup, which is just dressing on top of it. And poutine, there's nothing healthy in poutine. No, no. It's just fries and cheese. So it's just something with something poured on it. Right. Pancakes are poutine. Right. Like that's, <laughs> I agree with you, Jesse. I think the, the characterization with a salad, although not all salads are good, especially the ones we saw on the beach with those shots. But anyway, uh, not the, the salad in this particular case. Oh yeah. Come on. What? You weren't thinking it. That was a, whatever. No. Uh, Adam yeah. is referring to the practice of tossing one salad. <laughs> no. I, I think, I think for it to be a, like, if you, took any combination of food, threw it together and called it a salad. Like, cause that's where we're headed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could say what, Oh, my dinner plate, this is, I have chicken and, and I have beans and I have potatoes and I have broccoli. Salad. That's a great salad. Yeah. You know, like that doesn't no, no, no I'm with no. you. So it is Ridiculous. not a salad. You have a bunch of pencils, shavings and thumbtacks and you throw them in a bowl and that's a salad. It's a, you it's gotta a, have it's parameters, a, people. It's I know a, we're outside, but we gotta be civil. It's a staple <laughs> salad, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one's from Bim Jennings 69. <laughs> nice. nice. If you could match up two Leafs teams from over the years, I'm going to limit this to like the 2000s. Okay. So you got to put two Leafs teams head to head seven game series. Which two teams are you putting head to head? All right. I, I got, got my one. answer. I got my. Okay. You go, Steve. I want the 93 team that made it to the conference final. Steve, I was going to say, say the 2000s. 2000s but oh, the 2000s? It, it, oh, you damn can it. do 93 if you want. It's yeah, okay. do 93. Go ahead. No, 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 no. no, no. You said answer. the 2000s. You said the no, 2000s. And I limited it for, for no good reason. We don't have to. Well, we don't want to have the 80s Leafs, and we don't have the 60s or 70s yeah. Leafs, right? So we'll yeah. say 90s on. Because the game looks somewhat similar now that right. it did to the 90s. You know, especially late 90s. It'd be ridiculous to say 40s Leafs, you know? Yeah. That was the only thing. This is a very strange answer, but I want to see the 0506 Leafs take on the 0708 Leafs. (laughs) They're barely separated at all. But I want to see the team that missed the playoffs by one point coming out of the lockout that was built to win mm-hmm. take on the first team that I made LFRs for. Because they didn't just miss the playoffs by one point. They missed it by a whole big bunch. And I want to see the actual difference between the two teams. Because a lot, I've seen uh, contention that uh, I don't – was Paul Maurice the coach in 0506 or was I that- have it up in front of me right now. So in 0506, it it's Pat Quinn. 0607, it's Paul Maurice. Like if it was NHL 20 rules, like video game rules, where you can have the same teams play against each other, I'd want to see the 0506 Leafs against the 0607 Leafs because supposedly the Paul Maurice Leafs were good. They just didn't get any goaltending. And it's so right. funny – 
like, cause I wrote like a couple things over the years about Paul Maurice, not the worst coach in the world. He's, he's got a terrible record, but he's never had any goaltending uh, with the exception of two or three years. Um, and 06, 07 might've been the worst example. Raycroft had an 894 and he played 72 games. And who was wow. the backup? Uh, Josh Sebastian Oban. With like a what? 20 games, 876. Ooh. You can't put him in. Oh. You can't put him in. Like, if you, if you wow. listen to Paul Maurice, he did an interview where he was very open, and I want to say this was before he was Jets coach. I can't remember. Um, he was very open, and I can't remember if it was, it was either Oban or Raycroft or Toscala. I don't remember which one he was referring to. But he was just like, you had no shot. This guy was a net. You had no shot. Mm-hmm. He's true. And eight what? 76. Jeez. You have no yeah. shot. Yeah, you have sure. no shot of winning a game. So I don't, I don't know. It was probably – Who was the other goalie, Jess? Raycroft, starter. Raycroft. Ooh. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. the year he made the he, – he tied there? Was he had 35 wins that year? And that was 37 like, wins. And that was the least record until um, I think yeah. – Did Freddie pass that last year? Freddie Something did like pass it last year. Here, uh, here. Here, this is a good answer. I'll, I'll give you this one. I want to I see like the that answer. No, what no, no. How about my answer? Do yeah, I get it? Whatever. Answer? I don't. No, you no, you no, had your no, choice. No, you had your choice. Hey, you okay, fine. Listen, answer. I know the show's named after you or whatever, but all right. like, all right. Uh, but Go like, some of us have put stupid answer. All right, I'm gonna mute your mic. Winston Churchill, friggin'. Oh, you muted him. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Adam. We want to hear from you. (laughs) He's getting up and walking away. Bring on my show, damn it. (laughs) Why would you mute me on my own show? I can't believe this, Jesse. This is garbage. You're back. He's back. He doesn't know it, though. He can't hear it. Yeah, I was... was I was hoping to freak out in the background the whole time. It was good. No, you got to listen to my answer. I'm going to make you sit there and Go listen. Go ahead, Adam. I want to see. Okay, so the the 2016 Leafs, which were the the Leafs that played against Washington. Yes. Okay. I want to see that team play the 2003-2004 Leafs. Now, the reason for that is it's the young Leafs stars, these budding young amazing stars, taking on the oldest but most skilled Leafs team I've ever seen. So let, let me run you down. Gone so much farther. Should have gone way oh. further than what they had. But look at look at this team. Okay, you got Sundin, McCabe, Newendike, Owen Nolan, Gary Roberts, Darcy Tucker, Thomas Caberlet, Nick Andropov, blah, uh, Alex McGilney, Robert Reichel, um, and then you had you added at the trade deadline Brian Leach and oh. Ron Francis, and then your goalies. Are Ed Belfour and and uh, and Trevor Kidd? I guess Michael Telquist played twelve games that year too, but he had an eight nine four. Oh, Trevor Kidd was even worse, eight seventy six. Holy moly! Um, you have like I just named two solid lines right there. Tom Fitzgerald was on that team. Ty Domi's on that team. Michael Renberg is on that team. Um, young Matt Stajan is on that team. Uh, you've got uh, a very young Carla Koliakovo playing a couple games in two. Aki Berg. Um, oh. but even Harold Drukin was on that team. Uh, like there was, there are players on that team. Harold Brian Marchman was on that team who 
got the entire season. He he had four points in seventy five games, but he's a defenseman. Whatever. Well, yeah, no, it's hard to shoot the puck when you're just aiming your ass directly at everyone's knee. <laughs> but that team is like, you know, star, 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 star. Now, now McGillney only played thirty seven games that year, but he still had thirty points. Um, Gary Roberts had a great year. Joe Newendike had a great year. Like, and this is back in the dead puck era. I think that team versus the Leafs young star team before they developed would be so interesting because you get, not only you get the, the old versus the young, you get established stars who are a little past their prime. All of them were, um, except for Matt's. And then you've got these young guys who are not even close to their prime. And I think that would just be fun to watch young guys plus Freddie Anderson. So that was, that was, sorry, sorry. No, it's over. It'd be a fun game. There was a whack thing coming out of the uh, 0506. Well, no, sorry. It was the 0405 lockout. The Leafs trade uh, for Brian Leach. They traded a lot for him. Now, the Rangers weren't able to turn it into anything, but they traded a lot for him. Uh, they get, But part of the reason they paid so much for Brian Leach is they got him for two years. Right. So he plays the remainder of 0304. The next season, wiped out. Hockey comes back. Leafs no longer have Brian Leach. He's a free agent signed with Boston. Right, which was such a bummer. Hall of Fame defenseman, and they had him for a full year, lost him. Yeah, and he looked amazing with Brian McCabe and said Brian McCabe was the best defense partner he ever had. That's what he said in Toronto. Shut up, Brian. Shut up. I know. It's crazy. Don't tell me that, man. I know. I know. That's when Brian McCabe was just scary, too. So anyway, those are the – Jesse, do you have an answer? Would you like to pick this up? I'd like to see the 60 – I want to meet you again. I'd like to see the 16-17 Leafs that you just talked about play the current Leafs. Oh. I want to see if 16-17 Matthews tries harder than 2020 Matthews. Ooh. You know, because we, we talk about this team right now and how much they, they don't care <laughs> and how much they're not trying – I yep. want to see if that team truly tried a little harder than these current guys. They definitely aren't as skilled because the same guys who are just a little older and you got guys who have left like Kadri on that team and whatever. But I just want to see if they, if their effort could just out effort this current team who's clearly more skilled, but might not have the, as much passion as that Leafs team did. That That's would it. be fascinating. Cause I've like, as soon as you said, Young Math, well, rookie Matthews versus now. I'm like, now Matthews would eat him alive. What are you talking about? And like, that goes for Marner and that goes for Nylander, certainly. Mm-hmm. But it should go but, for everybody. But I, think, but I think just the combination of the guys on the team, it's playing together versus the combination of the guys who are there now. I don't know. It'd be a nice scientific survey just to see how much these guys are actually trying. Mm-hmm. Did I say I'm still mad at Nazem Kadri? I haven't forgiven him. He should be a Leaf. He should have been a Leaf for life. And he made the trade. Kyle Dubas did not trade him to Colorado. Nazem Kadri made the trade when he cross-checked Jake DeBrusque in the face. He left Kyle Dubas with no option. Dubas looks like a a complete schmuck. Oh, damn it, Naz. You should still be a Leaf. I hate it. Yeah, I agree. Miss Naz. And we're good on questions. All right. Well, listen. Oh, great. We're going to end on that note. Thanks, Naz. You ruined this, too. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in and obviously for sticking with us as we figure out our new system and setup. Jesse, uh, I should have crowned you at the beginning of the episode because you have been 
working your ass off for well, two you different broadcasts. Too late, and not your, like, <laughs> muted, so you can't do anything. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Wow. No. Um, <laughs> don't, you don't, I can't tell you how much effort Jesse's put in. Um, well, he puts in an insane amount on a, on a regular week, but uh, the, you know, to move to major broadcasts uh, from their home studios to whatever'sville, and to figure out um, how to do that and and how to put this together, um, you know. Steve and I know nothing about this stuff. Uh, the show doesn't happen without Jesse. So Jesse, um, visors off to you, friend. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So no, much I appreciate for- that. I feel like that's that's kind of everyone in life right now. Everything's moving by the hour, by the day, especially. Mm-hmm. And then we don't know where we're at, and we're just thankful we get to do something cool like this and keep it going. Well, so I think we got a system that works hours. now, and it sounds a lot better than it does last episode. Probably look a lot better too. And. Mm-hmm. Might do this going forward. It so looks we'll pretty see. good with you lying on that bed so seductively, sir. I don't yeah. even think you're wearing a t-shirt for that jersey. Not wearing pants. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell, you know, I could tell Steve was in a better mood today because he's got a V-neck on under his shirt. And like, wow, he's being edgy. Look I at gotta that. Let everyone know that I got a little bit of chest definition. <laughs> you know, the camera does not go below the rib cage though. Man, I love this angle because it doesn't show the side of my belly, which has been my <laughs> the bane of my existence for five years that we've been doing the, the video portion of this, like every studio we're in, it's the side of my stomach. I'm like, my stomach's already not something I want to show off too much. And then you here we know, are. You don't know how to suck it in. Like I've, I've told you this, like as a friend, yeah. you don't know how to suck it in. You just go, so hey everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's comfortable though. I want to be comfy. And I'm always like, hey, don't judge the man for being comfy. I'm trying to be comfy and put on a comfy show. Oh, he's like comfy. a warm, comfy blanket. He's, oh, oh yeah. Mm, baby. <laughs> Yes, sir. We love you guys. We will see you Wednesday. Peace. Peace. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.